before you were even formed in your mother's womb, God already had determined a purpose for your life, a God-given purpose. God has a purpose to train you in what you're called to do, and I tell you, Karis Bible College is the place for that. Man, if you want a life change, come to Karis. Come on to Karis! The next two to three years could be the most powerful time of your life. If you sit under the Word for four hours a day, for five days a week, for two or three years, I guarantee you, you are going to have God speak to you and start revealing purpose to you. Every one of you were created for a purpose. Do you know what that purpose is? Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. We have a better covenant upon better promises, and we have a better relationship with God. We were at such a desperate place that Andrew, it was like life. It was just life that was coming from the television. And every area in our life has been turned right side up. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Wednesday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. I'm now in the middle of my second week of teaching on hardness of heart. This is a truth that God spoke to me probably 30, over 30 years ago, and it has become a foundational thing about that our heart becomes sensitive to what we focus on. Our heart becomes insensitive to what we neglect. You don't have to reject it. You don't have to say, I don't want to believe that anymore. Just neglect it, and you automatically start being desensitized to the things that we don't focus our attention upon. I get this primarily from Mark chapter 6. And in verse 52, it was talking about Jesus' disciples, and it says, For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. And from this, I get that whatever you fail to consider, your heart becomes hardened to. Whatever you consider, your heart becomes sensitive to. The word consider means to study, ponder, deliberate, examine, think upon, focus upon, meditate upon. The things that grab your attention are things that will dominate you. And I've already referenced this uh, in a previous teaching last week, but you know, there are some people who are Christians, they love God, but they just can't seem to remember Scripture, and they've come to me and said, I just don't, I don't understand how you remember Scripture. I just can't do things like that. And yet those same people can give me the batting averages of a major league baseball player from back in the 1950s. They can tell me who won the Super Bowl. They can tell me all of these things about sports, but they can't remember Scripture. You know why? It's because their heart isn't into Scripture the way that it's into sports. There are people that can't remember Scripture, but they can tell you about all of these movies. They can tell you about every actor. They can tell you about all of these people. They can tell you about all of the modern-day songs. They, there's nothing wrong with people's memory. It's just where their focus is. Whatever you focus your attention upon will dominate you. Whatever you neglect, it doesn't mean that you totally reject it. Like a Christian, you may be into sports and you may love Scripture and you may read Scripture, but if you can't retain it, it's because your heart's not there. You don't have to reject it and say, I don't want to believe the Bible. Just don't focus on it. 
You know, a little 15-minute devotion in the morning is good. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have devotions and spend time at the first of your day reminding yourself about the Lord and how you need to depend upon Him. I'm not saying that devotions are bad, but I'm saying if that's all you do is 15 minutes on devotions and then you watch five hours worth of sports and you study this, then I can guarantee you, you are going to be more sensitive to sports than you are to God. It's not only quality time, it's quantity time. And I was using this passage of Scripture over in Hebrews chapter 11, and this is just, this is awesome to me. This is one of the foundational Scriptures that I base my life on. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 15. Abraham and Sarah were commanded by God to leave Ur of the Chaldees and to not only leave the physical place, but to leave all of the people and come out into a land that he would give them. And Abraham refused to ever go back. And according to this verse, it says, Truly, if they had been mindful of that country from which they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. This is linking temptation to what they thought on because going back to the country they came out of would have been temptation. It would have been sin for them. God told them not to do it. So this links temptation to what you think on. If you never think on things that bring temptation to you, you'll never be tempted. And on yesterday's program, I was just making a point how that this generation of Christians are probably more exposed to the world and to temptation than any group of Christians that have ever walked upon this earth because of our technology. You have uh, nudity, hatred, uh, homosexuality, vice, avarice, pride, on and on you could go naming things. It is just coming on every streaming device that we have on your phone. You are constantly hearing bad news, propaganda. It's not even news. It's just straight out propaganda. I used these verses out of Philippians 4 yesterday about think on things that are true and honest and lovely and just and of good report. If there's virtue and praise, think on these things. I guarantee you, the vast majority of things that come across our television sets, our internet sites, our phone, and all of these news services that we have, I mean, it is ungodliness. They are just telling you about all this stuff. You know, I was looking through my phone yesterday, and I have some news stuff on there, and there were some things that came up about, I don't know, somebody that had killed all of these members of their family. And I started to look at it, and then I thought, why do I want to know about this? Why do I want to get into the mind of somebody who is just evil and goes out and kills their own children and stuff? And I just decided, you know what? This is not true. It's not lovely, honest, good report. It doesn't have virtue and praise. I'm not thinking on this. There is a principle here that you can't be tempted with something that you don't think. It's similar to if you were in a mine. Did you know you have to follow those tunnels that are underground? You just can't walk through rock and dirt. You have to go dig out a place, hollow out a place before you can step into that spot. Did you know it's the same way that unless you have been someplace in your mind, unless you have hollowed out this spot in your mind, you can't go there. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Did you know that the way you think in your heart determines what you can do? And there are Christians that think 
THEY USE FOR ENTERTAINMENT, ADULTERY, THEY SEE NUDITY, THEY SEE UNGODLINESS, THEY SEE WRATH AND ANGER AND ALL OF THIS STUFF, AND THEY NEVER PLAN ON ACTING IT OUT, BUT THEY WILL SIT THERE AND WATCH THAT STUFF, NOT REALIZING THAT IF YOU ALLOW THIS SEWAGE OF THE WORLD TO FLOW THROUGH YOU, SOME OF IT'S GOING TO STICK, AND SOMEDAY YOU MIGHT BE TEMPTED TO ACT OUT THOSE THINGS. YOU CAN'T BE TEMPTED WITH SOMETHING THAT YOU DON'T THINK. IF THAT'S TRUE, WHICH IT IS, THEN WE OUGHT TO CONTROL OUR THINKING SO THAT WE AREN'T EVEN TEMPTED TO DISBELIEVE GOD. YOU KNOW, AN EXAMPLE OF THIS IS WHEN I WAS JUST 18 YEARS OLD. I HAD JUST GOTTEN TURNED ON TO THE LORD. I HAD THIS MIRACULOUS ENCOUNTER WITH THE LORD, MARCH THE 23rd, 1968. AND MY MOTHER THOUGHT I HAD LOST MY MIND. AND I DID. I LOST MY MIND. I TRADED IT IN FOR GOD'S. I WAS HAVING THE MIND OF CHRIST. AND MAN, I WAS SO EXCITED ABOUT GOD. ANYWAY, SHE TOOK ME ON A TRIP TO uh, SWITZERLAND uh, TO BILLY GRAHAM'S CONFERENCE OVER IN BERN, SWITZERLAND, AND I WAS WITH A YOUTH GROUP, AND SHE SICKED A BAPTIST PASTOR ON ME, HOPING THAT HE COULD STRAIGHTEN ME OUT AND BRING ME BACK DOWN TO EARTH. AND SO ANYWAY, ON THIS TRIP, THE VERY FIRST NIGHT OF THIS TRIP, WE WENT TO NEW YORK. AND MY MOTHER WAS ON THIS TRIP WITH ME. THERE WAS A WHOLE GROUP OF PEOPLE FROM ARLINGTON, TEXAS. AND, OF COURSE, I WAS STAYING WITH THESE OTHER GUYS IN A HOTEL ROOM. AND I HAD NEVER SEEN THE STUFF THAT I WAS SEEING AT TIMES SQUARE IN NEW YORK CITY. AND I WAS THIS COUNTRY HICK FROM TEXAS, AND I WAS JUST AMAZED. I WAS OUT WALKING THE STREETS. AND, YOU KNOW, I GUESS I HAD HEARD ABOUT GANGS, BUT IT WASN'T FOR ME. IT WASN'T THE WAY I GREW UP. IT WASN'T SOMETHING I WAS INTERESTED IN, AND SO I HADN'T REALLY CONSIDERED IT, STUDIED, PONDERED, DELIBERATED, EXAMINED, THOUGHT UPON IT. AND BECAUSE OF IT, I WAS JUST HARDENED TO IT. I DIDN'T THINK A THING ABOUT WALKING DOWN ALLEYS AT 1 AND 2 O'CLOCK IN THE MORNING IN NEW YORK CITY. I'D SEE GANGS, PEOPLE WITH THESE CHAINS AND ALL OF THIS STUFF. IT NEVER, EVER DAWNED ON ME THAT THEY COULD HAVE DONE ME DAMAGE. I'D JUST WALK UP TO THEM AND PASS THEM ALL OUT TRACKS AND GO TO WITNESSING TO THEM AND ASK THEM IF THEY HAD A RELATIONSHIP WITH THE LORD, AND THEY JUST SCATTERED. LIKE WHEN YOU TURN ON THE LIGHT AND COCKROACHES JUST RUN. ALL OF THESE PEOPLE, MAN, THEY DIDN'T WANT ANYTHING TO DO WITH ME, AND THEY'D JUST RUN. AND I REMEMBER BEING OUT AT ONE OR TWO IN THE MORNING, AND THERE there MUST HAVE BEEN A HUNDRED PROSTITUTES LINED UP ALONG THIS STREET, 42nd STREET. AND ANYWAY, I GUESS I'D HEARD ABOUT ALL of THIS STUFF, BUT IT WASN'T FOR ME. I HADN'T CONSIDERED IT. I HADN'T STUDIED IT, PONDERED IT, DELIBERATED, EXAMINED. I HADN'T THOUGHT ABOUT IT, AND SO IT WASN'T A PROBLEM TO ME. I JUST SAW WHAT A GREAT OPPORTUNITY TO WITNESS TO ALL OF THESE GIRLS. SO I WENT DOWN THE ROAD, PASSED THEM ALL OUT OF TRACK, AND I WAS PREACHING TO THEM AND EMPTIED THE ENTIRE STREET OF PROSTITUTES. AND I HAD A PIMP COME UP TO ME, AND THIS GUY STARTED TRYING TO SELL ME ONE OF HIS GIRLS. AND HE WAS USING THE STREET LANGUAGE AND ALL OF THIS STUFF, AND I KEPT SAYING, WHAT? <laughs> I DIDN'T... I, I WAS SO NAIVE THAT I DIDN'T KNOW ENOUGH TO GET INTO TROUBLE. I DIDN'T KNOW WHAT HE WAS TALKING ABOUT. I KEPT SAYING, WHAT? AND FINALLY, AFTER A WHILE, THIS GUY JUST WALKED AWAY, AND I NEVER WILL FORGET. HE JUST THREW HIS HANDS UP IN THE AIR LIKE THIS, WALKED AWAY, SHAKING HIS HEAD, LIKE, WHAT ROCK DID THIS KID CRAWL OUT FROM UNDER? AND I WENT BACK TO MY HOTEL ROOM. I TALKED TO THE GUYS THAT, YOU KNOW, I WAS STAYING WITH IN THAT ROOM, AND I TOLD THEM ABOUT WHAT HE WAS SAYING, AND THEY HAD TO EXPLAIN TO ME THAT HE WAS TRYING TO SELL ME ONE OF HIS PROSTITUTES FOR THE EVENING. 
I didn't even know enough about it to know what he was doing. But here's my point. I wasn't tempted. You can't be tempted with what you don't think. I'm sure I'd heard about prostitution, but it wasn't for me. It wasn't, I, it certainly wasn't what I saw in the Word. I got born again when I was eight years old. I've been seeking God. I didn't want anything to do with prostitutes. So I guess I'd probably heard something about this, but I never considered it and it just had no attraction to me. It, I didn't even know enough about it to understand what this guy was talking about. I didn't have to white knuckle it and say, Oh, Jesus, help me to resist this temptation. If the reason that you are just having to hold on and beg God for mercy and, and help you not to go into this sin, it's because you have already been there in your mind because you've considered it. And I'm telling you, one of the ways that happens is that we watch these ungodly movies. We listen to this stuff. We read all of the news that's coming forth about every sexual perversion, every uh, weird thing that's going on. And if you think about it, it's possible for you to be tempted. But if you don't think about it, you won't even be tempted. Let me share some other scriptures with you about Abraham. Again, in Romans chapter 4, this is talking about how Abraham and Sarah believed God and were able to have a child when Abraham was 100 years old and Sarah was 91 years old. So it says in, in Romans chapter 4 and in verse 17, As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were who against hope, this is talking about Abraham, who against hope believed in hope. In other words, when the situation was hopeless, he was 99 years old when God finally told him, next year you're going to have a child. And his wife was 90 at that time. And it says in the King James here that it had ceased to be with her after the manner of women. That means she had gone through menopause. It was impossible for her to get pregnant. And yet the Lord told him that he would have a child in the next year. So it was a hopeless situation. In the natural, it was impossible. And yet he, against hope, believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. If you'll go back to the teaching that I was giving from Mark chapter 6, verse 52, it says the reason their heart was hardened was because they considered not the miracle of the loaves. They didn't consider the supernatural. They were just focused in the natural, how to get through this storm. Whatever you fail to consider, your heart becomes hardened to. Whatever you fail to study, ponder, deliberate, examine, think upon, focus upon, meditate upon, your heart becomes hardened towards that. And so this says that Abraham was not weak in faith. He was strong in faith. And how did he do that? By not considering his own body now dead, nor yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Whatever you fail to consider, you become hardened to. Whatever you consider, focus on, you become sensitive to. What was the key to Abraham receiving a child in his own old age? He considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Let me just ask you, if God was to speak to you and if you were 100 years old and he told you you're going to have a child, first of all, most of us wouldn't want a child. 
WHEN WE WERE 100 YEARS OLD. BUT SUPPOSING THAT YOU DID AND THAT THIS IS SOMETHING THAT YOU'D BEEN PRAYING FOR YOUR ENTIRE LIFE, AND IF GOD TOLD YOU YOU WERE GOING TO HAVE A CHILD IN THE NEXT YEAR, WHAT WOULD YOU THINK UPON? I CAN TELL YOU WHAT MOST OF US WOULD DO. MOST OF US WOULD IMMEDIATELY BEGIN TO START SAYING, IS THIS POSSIBLE? AND WE WOULD START LOOKING TO SEE, HAS THIS EVER HAPPENED? WE WOULD GOOGLE IT. WHAT'S THE OLDEST THAT A PERSON'S EVER HAD A CHILD? WE WOULD GO AND GET ON SOME MEDICAL SITE AND SAY, ONCE A WOMAN HAS GONE THROUGH MENOPAUSE, IS IT POSSIBLE FOR HER TO STILL GET PREGNANT AND HAVE A CHILD? WE WOULD GO TO A DOCTOR AND WE WOULD GET TESTED TO SEE IF WE STILL COULD HAVE CHILDREN. AND AFTER WE AMASS ALL OF THIS UNBELIEF THAT SAYS, NO WAY, JOSE, IT CANNOT BE DONE, AND AFTER WE ACCUMULATE ALL OF THIS KNOWLEDGE THAT WILL TEMPT US TO DISBELIEVE THAT WHAT GOD SAID IS TRUE, THEN WE WOULD GO BACK TO GOD AND SAY, GOD, THIS this ALL LOOKS HOPELESS. IT SAYS IT CAN'T BE DONE. ARE YOU SURE I'M GOING TO HAVE A CHILD IN THE NEXT YEAR? AND OF COURSE, GOD WOULD REPLY, YES. AND THEN WE WOULD SAY, WHY IS IT SO HARD TO BELIEVE YOU? WHY IS IT SO HARD TO TRUST WHAT YOU'VE TOLD ME? BECAUSE YOU'VE ACCUMULATED ALL OF THIS OTHER STUFF THAT IS TELLING YOU, NO, IT CAN'T WORK. BUT SEE, THAT'S NOT WHAT ABRAHAM DID. IT SAYS HE WAS NOT WEAK IN FAITH. SO HOW WAS IT THAT HE WAS STRONG IN FAITH? HE CONSIDERED NOT HIS OWN BODY WHEN HE WAS NOW ABOUT 100 YEARS OLD, NOR YET THE DEADNESS OF SARAH'S WOMB. HE DIDN'T EVEN THINK ABOUT HIMSELF. HE WAS SO FOCUSED UPON GOD AND HIS PROMISE THAT HE DIDN'T EVEN THINK ABOUT THE FACT THAT HE WAS 100, HIS WIFE WAS 91, AND THAT THIS WAS TOTALLY IMPOSSIBLE. HE DIDN'T GO AND GET A DOCTOR'S REPORT. HE DIDN'T ASK OTHER PEOPLE WHAT THEY THOUGHT. HE DIDN'T CONSIDER ALL OF THESE THINGS. HE CONSIDERED, ONLY STUDIED, PONDERED, DELIBERATED, EXAMINED, THOUGHT UPON, FOCUSED UPON, MEDITATED UPON WHAT GOD HAD TO SAY, AND BECAUSE OF IT, HE HAD A CHILD IN HIS OLD AGE, AND HERE WE ARE NEARLY 4,000 YEARS LATER, PROBABLY OVER 4,000 YEARS, NEARLY 5,000 YEARS LATER, TALKING ABOUT ABRAHAM AND HIS GREAT FAITH. WHAT MADE HIM SUCH A GREAT MAN OF FAITH? IT WASN'T THAT HE HAD MORE THAN WE HAD. IT WAS THAT HE HAD LESS THAN WE HAD, LESS UNBELIEF, BECAUSE HE HADN'T CONSIDERED ALL OF THESE OTHER THINGS. MAN, THIS IS POWERFUL. ONE OF THE REASONS THAT I BELIEVE GOD TOLD ABRAHAM THAT IF YOU CAN COUNT THE STARS IN THE SKY OR THE GRAINS OF SAND ON THE SEASHORE, SO SHALL YOUR SEED BE. THE REASON HE USED THOSE TWO EXAMPLES ARE BECAUSE ABRAHAM, IT WASN'T LIKE MODERN PEOPLE. HE DIDN'T LIVE IN A HOUSE. HE DIDN'T HAVE ARTIFICIAL LIGHTING AND THINGS LIKE THIS. HE LIVED IN A TENT, AND AT NIGHT HE WOULD SIT OUT AND HE WOULD SEE THE STARS, AND EVERY NIGHT HE WOULD BE REMINDED OF GOD'S PROMISE. DURING THE DAY, HE DIDN'T HAVE BOOTS LIKE I DO. HE HAD HIS FEET IN SANDALS, AND THEY GOT DIRTY, AND HE HAD TO WASH HIS FEET EVERY DAY. AND EVERY DAY HE DEALT WITH THE SAND ON THE SEASHORE, THE DIRT THAT WAS ON HIS FEET. SO DAY AND NIGHT HE WAS REMINDED OF THESE TWO EXAMPLES, SO SHALL YOUR SEED BE. AND SO FOR OVER 26 YEARS, THE TIME HE CAME IN TO THE PROMISED LAND WAS uh, WHEN HE WAS 75, AND HE WAS 100 YEARS OLD WHEN HE HAD THAT CHILD. AND SO FOR 25 YEARS, HE HAD DAY AND NIGHT BEEN SAYING, SO SHALL MY SEED BE. THAT'S WHAT HE HAD CONSIDERED, STUDIED, PONDERED, DELIBERATED, EXAMINED, uh, THOUGHT UPON, FOCUSED UPON, MEDITATED ON. 
DAY AND NIGHT FOR 25 YEARS, HE HAD BEEN THINKING ABOUT GOD'S WORK, AND THAT'S ALL HE WAS DRAWN TOWARDS. THAT'S WHAT HE WAS SENSITIVE TO. HE WASN'T SENSITIVE TO ALL OF THIS OTHER STUFF BECAUSE HE DIDN'T MEDITATE ON THAT. HE DIDN'T GO AND GET A DOCTOR'S REPORT. HE DIDN'T ASK HIS FRIENDS WHAT THEY THOUGHT ABOUT IT. I TELL YOU, BROTHERS AND SISTERS, I'M I'm GIVING YOU A KEY AS TO WHY MANY OF YOU, YOU SAY, WHY AREN'T I HEALED? YOU BELIEVE THAT GOD HEALS. YOU BELIEVE MY TESTIMONIES ABOUT SEEING MY SON RAISED FROM THE DEAD AND BLIND EYES OPEN. YOU BELIEVE THAT THE WORD SAYS THESE THINGS, AND YOU SAY, WHY AREN'T I SEEING IT? BECAUSE YOU'VE CONSIDERED SO MUCH OTHER STUFF. YOU'VE LISTENED TO SO MUCH DOUBT AND UNBELIEF. EVEN MOST CHURCHES TODAY WILL SIT THERE AND TRY AND DISSUADE YOU FROM BELIEVING THAT GOD WANTS EVERYONE HEALED. THEY MIGHT SAY, WELL, GOD COULD HEAL IF HE WANTS TO, BUT HE DOESN'T HEAL EVERYBODY. THAT'S NOT WHAT THE WORD SAYS. THAT'S NOT... I'M NOT GOING TO TEACH ON THAT RIGHT NOW, BUT THAT IS NOT WHAT THE WORD SAYS. AND SEE, IF YOU HAVE LISTENED TO THIS, THEN YOU ARE TEMPTED TO DISBELIEVE GOD. BUT IF ALL YOU DID WAS JUST STUDY THE WORD OF GOD AND LISTEN TO THE TRUTH OF THE WORD OF GOD, MAN, YOU'D BE STRONG AND YOU'D RECEIVE HEALING. AND THESE THINGS WOULD JUST SEEM TO WORK. BUT WE ARE JUST... WE ARE BAPTIZED IN UNBELIEF. EVEN OUR CHRISTIAN CULTURE... THERE ARE SO MANY CHRISTIANS TODAY THAT ARE NOT STANDING UP FOR BIBLICAL TRUTH AND THEY'RE EMBRACING HOMOSEXUALITY AND TRANSGENDERISM AND ADULTERY AND LYING AND STEALING. AND SO MANY CHRISTIANS WATCH THE EXACT SAME STUFF THAT THE UNBELIEVERS WATCH. YOU HEAR THE SAME NEWS REPORTS. YOU GET THE SAME BAD PROPAGANDA GIVEN TO YOU, AND THEN YOU WONDER WHY YOU HAVE THE SAME FEARS, THE SAME WORRIES AND CONCERNS THAT YOUR UNSAVED NEIGHBORS. IT'S BECAUSE you, YOU WATCH THE SAME STUFF THAT THEY WATCH. YOU THINK THE SAME THINGS THAT THEY THINK. SO THEREFORE, YOU ARE TEMPTED AND EXPOSED TO THE SAME THINGS THAT you, THEY ARE THINKING. IF YOU WANT be, TO BE DIFFERENT, YOU NEED TO BE LIKE ABRAHAM AND CONSIDER NOT HIS OWN BODY NOW DEAD, NOR YET THE DEADNESS OF SARAH'S WOMB. YOU NEED TO QUIT CONSIDERING THE COUNTRY THAT YOU CAME OUT OF. YOU KNOW, I USE THESE SCRIPTURES ALL THE TIME FOR OUR BIBLE COLLEGE STUDENTS. BECAUSE MANY OF THEM, MAN, they've, THEY'VE BEEN LIVING A LIFE. GOD TOUCHES THEM THROUGH THE TELEVISION OR THROUGH CD'S, BOOKS OR SOMETHING. THEY GET THEIR LIFE TOUCHED. THEY MAKE A DECISION AND THEY UPROOT THEMSELVES FROM THEIR FAMILY, FROM THEIR JOBS, FROM WHERE THEY GREW UP. THEY COME OUT TO COLORADO OR TO ONE OF OUR OTHER BIBLE COLLEGE CAMPUSES, AND THEY ARE JUST SO EXCITED WHEN THEY COME. AND THEN ALL OF A SUDDEN, THEY BEGIN TO START HAVING SOME PROBLEMS. MAYBE THEY'RE HAVING TROUBLE FINDING A JOB OR FINDING A PLACE TO LIVE. THE COST OF LIVING IS GREATER HERE THAN IT WAS WHERE THEY CAME FROM. AND PRETTY SOON, SOME OF THOSE STUDENTS WILL GET TO THINKING, BACK THERE, I AT LEAST HAD A FAMILY SUPPORT SYSTEM. BACK THERE, I HAVE A JOB. IF I'D GO BACK, THEY'D GIVE ME MY JOB BACK. BACK THERE, IT MIGHT BE CHEAPER TO LIVE. AND THEY GO TO CONSIDERING ALL OF THESE OTHER THINGS CONTRARY TO WHAT GOD SPOKE TO THEM. AND I'VE HAD A NUMBER OF STUDENTS COME TO ME AND SAY, SO WHAT DO I DO? AND I SAID, YOU LOST ME THE MOMENT YOU SAID GOD TOLD YOU TO COME TO Karis BIBLE COLLEGE. IF GOD TOLD YOU, DON'T CONSIDER ANYTHING ELSE. BURN ALL OF YOUR BRIDGES BEHIND YOU. DON'T CONSIDER ANYTHING. DON'T GO AND ASK FOR SOMEBODY ELSE'S OPINION. IF YOU KNOW THAT GOD SPOKE TO YOU, THEN YOU JUST DO IT. THIS IS ONE OF THE KEYS TO ANY SUCCESS THAT I'VE EVER HAD IN MY LIFE, AND I'M NOT 100% SUCCESSFUL. I'M STILL GROWING AND LEARNING, AND THERE'S A LOT OF THINGS I COULD HAVE DONE BETTER. BUT ANY SUCCESS THAT I'VE EVER HAD, IT'S BECAUSE WHEN GOD SPEAKS TO ME, I JUST DO WHAT GOD SAYS, AND I DON'T SIT HERE AND THINK ABOUT HOW, all, how THIS COULD GO WRONG. 
I DON'T CONSIDER ALL OF THIS OTHER STUFF. I JUST CONSIDER WHAT GOD HAS TOLD ME, AND I KNOW THAT IF HE SPOKE TO ME, THEN SOME WAY, SOMEHOW, IT'S GOING TO COME TO PASS. I'M RIGHT IN THE MIDST OF SOME OF THOSE THINGS RIGHT NOW WHERE I'VE GOT NEEDS AND and WE NEED TO BUILD A BIBLE COLLEGE CAMPUS, AND IN THE NATURAL, THERE'S LOTS OF REASONS IT'LL NEVER HAPPEN, BUT I'M NOT CONSIDERING THOSE THINGS. I'M CONSTANTLY CONSIDERING, GOD, IT'S GOING TO GET DONE. AND I'M WAITING AND LISTENING AND LOOKING FOR GOD TO SHOW ME ANYTHING THAT I CAN DO TO CHANGE THE SITUATION. AND SO I'M APPLYING THESE TRUTHS TO MY LIFE THIS VERY DAY. I DO IT EVERY DAY OF MY LIFE. I MOVED TO COLORADO TO GO TO KARIS BIBLE COLLEGE. THAT WAS ONE OF THE HAPPIEST DAYS OF MY LIFE. I JUST FELT IN MY HEART THAT GOD SAID, GO NOW. WHEN HE SAID COLORADO, I JUST SAID, OKAY. AND I WAS BLOWN AWAY. GOD PROVED HIMSELF IN THAT FIRST MONTH. GOD IS HERE. THE HOLY SPIRIT IS TRANSFORMING PEOPLE'S LIVES HERE. EVERYTHING HERE points TO JESUS. AND THAT'S WHAT MAKES CARIS SO SPECIAL. I THOUGHT THIS IS LIKE BEING IN HEAVEN. <laughs> JUST BEING IN THIS ENVIRONMENT WITH these teachings that are just so rich and full of the Word. You step on here, you start meeting like-minded people. Like-minded believers around you, just building you up and just really drawing out all those gifts and callings within you. Learning these things together and then discussing it and being able to pray for each other. It doesn't matter what age you are, where you come from, I would recommend Karis to anybody. It, I mean, it radically transformed your life. Experience Karis Bible College during our Campus Days event in Woodland Park, Colorado. Enjoy the teachings, meet the instructors, and find God's purpose for your life. Learn more at karisbiblecollege.org. Andrew's complete series titled Hardness of Heart is available in either a CD or DVD album and a book in either English or Spanish. Each of these valuable resources is available for a gift of any amount when you write or call. This entire series is also available for audio download absolutely free from our website. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. Hardness of heart is something that just revolutionized me. It, it was a revelation that has really given direction to my life, that I try and spend as much time as possible considering, focused on the things of God, because it makes my heart sensitive to God. This will help you, so request these materials today. You can get these products as part of the Hardness of Heart package, which includes both books and your choice of either CD or DVD albums from both Hardness of Heart and How to Become a Water Walker. The Hardness of Heart package has a catalog value of $75, but you can receive all of these valuable resources for just $55. Andrew's book, Hardness of Heart, is also available for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide this book to you free of charge. We want to say a special thank you to the Grace Partners of Andrew Womack Ministries. Your gifts make it possible to put free ministry materials into the hands of many people in need. If you're not already a Grace Partner, we ask you to pray about becoming one today. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. 
While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. This is an early reminder for you to save the date of June the 29th through July the 3rd. Those are the dates of our Summer Family Bible Conference. This is one of the premier events that we host every year, and it's just going to be awesome. We got a special musical presentation on July the 4th, if you'd like to stay over for that. It's going to be a special time. Make plans to join us for the ministry to the entire family, June the 29th through July the 3rd.